Bible says in Proverbs 16, 11, a just weight and balance are the Lord's. All the weights of the bag are His work. You can be seated tonight. Lord, we love you. Uh, we ask you now to help us while we might preach just a little while. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd come by and stir in folks' hearts. Uh, Lord, I pray the Holy Spirit would have free reign with folk tonight. If there's one here lost, that you might save them. Uh, that folk might find uh, encouragement and direction in the Word of God. And uh, Lord, we just want to give you the glory for it tonight. I pray that you'd touch us afresh now uh, and anoint us and that from heaven. We're looking to you for some help. As I've asked many times, I mean it from the depths of my heart tonight, do a work that I cannot do in these dear people's hearts tonight. We love you and we thank you now. Help us now and save that sinner's nearest hell for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. As Solomon wrote here in Proverbs chapter 16, uh, and he talks about the just weight and balance of the Lord's and the weight of the bike are his work. As he's uh, talking about the balance and uh, the weights here tonight and talking about, I, I think we all understand what balance and uh, weights are. You know, that balance is a scale, if you let me say that tonight. But uh, he's really talking about having a, uh, having a honest, uh, in a right way in all our dealings. Let, let me say that first of all, that God uh, is just and right in everything that He does. Uh, you need to understand that tonight. God is just, uh, no matter what men you think about Him tonight, no matter what happens, God is righteous in all His works tonight. Uh, every one of them that He does, God is right. Uh, nobody can say to Him, uh, uh, why did you do what you're doing? Why did you do it? Uh, uh, the way that you're doing. I, I'll be honest with you tonight, there's been many times that, uh, that I've wondered why God has done what He's done. Uh, Job, he put it like this. He said, Behold, He taketh away, uh, and who can hinder Him? Who will say unto Him, uh, uh, What doest thou? Uh, do you realize tonight that uh, none of us tonight, uh, uh, can look to God and say, What are you doing uh, uh, up there in heaven? You know that ain't right. Uh, uh, to tell him that. Uh, uh, but you know tonight that he'll look down here to us and say, what I do uh, is just and right. But he said a just weight and balance are the Lord's. He likes for us uh, uh, to do everything in justice uh, and in righteousness tonight. You realize that tonight. Every dealing that we have, it, it, we, he wants us to be just and right, uh, not to be crooked, not to be none of those things. Uh, uh, he said a false balance is an abomination unto the Lord, uh, uh, but a just way is his delight. Uh, he likes us to be right in everything that we do. Ain't that a good thing tonight? Amen. Uh, help me out now, church, tonight. Stay with me now. Uh, but in everything that we do, we're to be uh, fair and honest. The Bible said in Romans 12, uh, uh, he said, Recompense to no man evil for evil. I uh, uh, provide things honest in the sight of all men. We're to be honest as we can be uh, uh, and just as we can be. But he talks about something right here, a just way to, uh, and a balance. And a balance is a, is a scale. I think we understand what a balance is. or uh, It is a, uh, an equal weight. If something is balanced, uh, uh, then it's equal on both sides. And figuratively uh, speaking, it is an impartial state of mind uh, when deliberating. Uh, that's a hard thing to do sometimes, ain't it? Is to have an impartial uh, state of mind. Uh, it also means in the verb sense uh, uh, to adjust the weights in a scale of a balance to make them equal. 
Uh, when you balance them, you ever balance them? Uh, you all, and, and I don't know how many people do this anymore. I don't even know how many of you have a checkbook anymore. Uh, but you balance your checkbook. Uh, it, it needs to come out to equal. Uh, uh, really, it needs to come out to equal what the bank says you have. That's uh, what it needs to say, or the bank needs to say what you've got, one way or the other. But you need to balance that thing. Uh, what you say you've spent, it all needs to come to zero uh, uh, at the end of the month. Uh, they tell us they want to see a balanced diet, don't they? Uh, have a balanced diet. Not too much of one thing and too little of another. I, I just know how to eat a lot of everything. Amen? I, I, and that works pretty good for me. Uh, but we're in a time I mean, uh, when folk don't know how to be balanced tonight. Uh, the world has fell off in one ditch or the other. They're not balanced anymore. And I understand that uh, tonight, friend, that, that we cannot, uh, we cannot as Christians, uh, uh, and, and that, uh, how can I put this? I'm trying to get this right. Uh, uh, we, we cannot uh, uh, sacrifice what is right uh, uh, and that to simply balance out with the world. Let me see if I can put it another way tonight. Uh, the world in their humanistic view uh, would, would like for us to give in uh, on the way they do things tonight. And what I mean tonight is talking about abortion and sodomy uh, and transgender and all that mess right there. Uh, they want us, somebody asked me the other day, uh, they said, why, why can't they get along in Washington? One, the Lord ain't there. And where man is involved, it ain't never going to get along. Uh, but but he uh, this fellow was saying used to they used to be able to come together and bargain. I said the problem is uh, uh, is now they're wanting us to bargain away uh, morality. Amen. You cannot bargain you cannot bargain away uh, morality, and you certainly can't bargain away righteousness tonight. And so folks they uh, they think that trying to be balanced in that action there is going to work, but it cannot work. And when things are out of balance, it is not good. It's called balancing your tire. You get a tire out of balance on your car, it will beat you to death. And so it has to be weighted and make it the same all the way around. My wife suffers with vertigo from time to time. And so it messes up her balance. She cannot go like she should. And so in our Christian life, as it talks about here, uh, that a just weight and balance are the Lord's. You know, there's some things that we need to be balanced on in our Christian life tonight. And I hope I'm going to be able to make sense with you about four things here tonight of what we need to be balanced on. Because when we get out of balance on these things in our life, it messes things up. And, and, and it messes up in our mind, and our spirituality. Uh, it just messes some things up. So we're going to look at four things tonight of, of what makes a balanced Christian. Number one tonight, uh, we need to be balanced in our shouting and soberness tonight. Uh, you ever run into people you've not went to meeting if they ain't shouting the house down? But I've got, I've got some friends uh, that, that, man, if you was to raise your hand in the middle of singing or in the preaching, uh, they don't think you should do that. Uh, that's falling off on one side and to the other. Now, y'all know me. I love, I love to come in here and shout it out. I love to have a good time uh, when we come to church. Just like Wednesday night, uh, we come in here Wednesday night, and man, just, uh, God just kind of come in, and uh, we just had a wonderful time of testimony sitting in here on Wednesday night. It's good that folk just testify. I love it when folk just wants to testify. 
Uh, and, and it's good to hear those things. But when it comes to shouting with soberness, somebody said that shouting is an outward expression of our inward joy. And I'm talking about our praise is what I'm talking about tonight. Do you realize that it is correct and right? Uh, according to Psalms 33, the Bible said that praise uh, is comely. That means that it is proper uh, and that it is right for you uh, to praise the Lord. Amen. When's the last time you praise the Lord? Bible said in Psalms 100, well, well, where was it? Psalms 107 and verse 2, Let the redeemed of the uh, Lord say so, in whom He hath redeemed uh, uh, out of the hand of the enemy. You've got a reason to praise Him tonight. Amen. You've got every reason uh, in this whole world to raise your hand uh, and, say, and come to the choir or sing out here and lift your voice up. Uh, uh, sometimes when we get into uh, singing, it would do you good just to uh, say hallelujah or praise the Lord along the way. Amen. Uh, or to throw a little glory in there and be all right. Amen. You say, you're wanting me to get out of my comfort zone. Yes, I am wanting you to get out of your comfort zone. Because the Lord deserves your praise tonight. He deserves everything that you can give Him uh, uh, in your praise. The Bible said in Ezra chapter 3, uh, and they sang together by course uh, in praising and giving thanks uh, uh, unto the Lord because He is good. You know why you need to praise the Lord? He's good. He's been good to you. He's been good to me. Uh, listen, you should praise the Lord. I should praise the Lord. You say, preacher, you come at it naturally. No, I don't. Uh, listen, my flesh don't always... You know, you praise from the flesh. You say, well, I praise Him from the heart. It starts in the heart, but if you're going to praise Him, it's going to have to come out right here, and it's going to show out in your flesh. Amen. I mean, we, we would like to think we could praise Him in the heart. And I, 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 I'm just going to be honest with you tonight. It said that they were praising Him and thanks to the Lord because He is good uh, for His mercy endureth forever toward Israel. Aren't you glad at another point He tells us that His mercy just plainly endureth forever. And then the Bible said this in the book of Ezra, and all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord. And they, you know what they were doing right there? They were laying the foundation of the temple in the book of Ezra. They were praising Him for what He had, the, he had allowed them uh, to do. He said He is good and His mercy endureth forever. You know why you need to praise the Lord tonight? Because if you're saved, that's good enough. Amen. That's good enough for you to praise Him. It's good enough uh, when we get up here and sung page 277. I couldn't help but think about Sister Jean who used to I sat over here before she went on to heaven. Uh, that was always one of her favorite songs, wasn't it, Brother Jeff? I, I mean, she always wanted to sing page 277. I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed by love divine. Boy, ain't you glad to be redeemed? That means you're bought tonight uh, and paid for. Thank God. Hey, that's worthy to praise Him tonight because you're saved tonight. He said, but let those that put their trust, Psalms 5, uh, in thee rejoice. And let them ever shout with joy, because thou defendest them. Boy, aren't you glad the Lord, I can give you joy in your heart, because He defends you. Now, you know what that means? He watches over you and takes care of you. How many times has God brought you through something, uh, uh, and, and, and you've just not really praised Him like you should have praised Him? Shame on us tonight. Uh, listen, I get it, I get it. Uh, that sometimes we don't feel like it. But I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, that's some of the best time to praise the Lord. Your preacher didn't come in here with the best mindset Wednesday night. I was tired. Uh, I just didn't feel well. Uh, everything, that, you know, everything was running good at my house. 
before we left. We were running right on time. Y'all know what it's like to run right on time? Y'all got kids tonight. Y'all don't know. They're both shaking their head. They ain't got a clue what it's like to run on time. Sis, you see what you got to look forward to. You'll never be on time again, honey. And uh, so, uh, listen, uh, we were right on time Wednesday night. And uh, I, I shaved with a regular razor. And I didn't realize that I had nicked myself shaving. And I flipped my collar up to put my tie on. Now, we're right on time now. And I mean, I was going to have to run out the door and get in the car. And I flipped that collar up. And when I flipped that collar back down, they was red down the end of this collar right here. Well, I can't come to church with blood running down my collar. I told my wife, I said, you get everything ready. I had to drag another white shirt out and get it. Then I had to press it because it wasn't ready to go. And so when we left the house, I was not in the bestest mood when we left the house. I let her drive because I was trying to tie my tie on the way here. And then she wouldn't drive as fast as I wanted her to. So we really was not in a good mood when I got here. Listen, things could have been so much worse. You say, that's just a little piddly thing. It is. It is. We could have been at the funeral home or we could have been sitting at the hospital. Or we could have been on the telephone receiving bad news. But more than we come in here and the Lord just... Brother Jeff, I was telling him after service, I said he'd come up here to tell me something. And, and I told him, I said, don't, don't think much of it. But I was just trying to figure out what the Lord wanted me to do during that service because I kind of felt like we needed to testify a while. And it's good to praise the Lord. Can I, let, let me say this tonight, and I've learned this from experience. Praise will help you feel better. Now that's why some people like to do it is because it makes them feel better. But it's not about how we feel. It's about everything that He done for us tonight. And some people come in and they want to praise and they want to shout. I, I, I listen to help them feel better, but we ought to do that uh, because it's about Him. It's not about our feelings tonight. And then we come to soberness. Some people, all they want to do when they come to church is all they want to do is shout it out and live in the clouds. You know, there comes a time that you've got to have some soberness in your life. You've got to have a time of seriousness and calmness. You know, that's what soberness means when it's not only talking about uh, being under the influence uh, 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 and that of some kind of spiritual liquor tonight. Uh, uh, it's talking about being regular or calm. Or not under the influence of a passion, but he went on to say in Webster's 1828 uh, to, to be serious and to be solemn and grave. You know, there's times that we have to be solemn and grave in our life. I, I've got a dear friend of mine. That's all he is, it seems like, is solemn and grave. That's that, I, I mean, I, I'm not sure how much he's ever praised the Lord. But every time you look at him, he's just solemn and grave. He rarely smiles. You know, I, I think the Lord would want you to have some joy in your life. I'm not saying he don't have joy, but I'm just telling you how it is tonight and what I see uh, in his life tonight. Uh, it, it takes both of us and both of them tonight uh, to be balanced out. He said in Titus chapter 2, he said, uh, But speak thou the things uh, uh, which become sound doctrine, that the aged men may be what? Sober and grave. He said temperance, sound in the faith, in charity, and in patience. 
You know, every time we come in here, we're not going to shout it out. You know, there's sometimes, you, you know, most time when I stand behind, behind this pulpit, it's getting to be a very serious time at that point. When I open this book up, we begin to read, and uh, we're going to hear from heaven. Uh, you realize that's what I'm trying to get is something from heaven for you tonight. And not only for you, but for myself. It's a very serious time. Now, does that mean you can't praise the Lord while I'm preaching? Well, sure you can praise the Lord while I'm preaching. It takes a balance. And I'm not sure how to, how to really explain how to work that because... Uh, it, Sometimes we have to work on one more than we do the other. You know, like I told you about my friend, he's very serious and great, so he would have to work on his praise. And you remember what I told you a few minutes ago? Praise comes from the flesh. And so for people that do not like to have a little spotlight put on them and don't like people looking at them, that's a little tough on you. But some people, all they want to do is praise and they don't know when it's time to be serious and have some soberness about them. We have to balance that thing out. Some of the best times we've ever had in here is when it was real quiet and God was able to do something in people's lives. It got real quiet and God could speak and you could hear that still small voice. You know, then there's other times we've come in here and man, just praise the Lord and we've had a time and left out of here and know that God had done something for us. You know, he can do something for you in both places. You have to be able, willing to get balanced on them tonight. That means that they're equal tonight. That means they're equal. We need to learn how to balance praise or shouting and praise with seriousness. And sometimes that's a hard thing to figure out. Number two, we need to balance enthusiasm with reality. You ever just run into people that are enthusiastic all the time? Sometimes I don't like them people. Just being honest tonight. I'm just being honest tonight. Enthusiasm. And when you define that, it is the excitement of the mind in pursuit of some object with confidence of success. In other words, you're going to go try to chase down what you're going to chase down. In other words, the Bible calls it like this. It calls it zeal. To have some zeal about us in our Christian life. Well, I'm going to tell you, that's what we all need tonight, ain't it? Is some zeal. We need some zeal. We need something that is going to drive us, some excitement in us, an act to serve Jesus the Lord who saved us, and then go out and serve Him to have some zeal about us. You won't go soul winning unless you've got zeal about you. You won't go try to win somebody to Christ without some zeal, without some drive uh, behind you. You know what he said, the Apostle Paul uh, told the church over here at Corinth in 2 Corinthians 9, for it's touching ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to uh, write unto you. He said, I really don't need to write this unto you. When he's talking about being superfluous, he said, for I know that the forwardness of your mind, uh, uh, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia, that Archaea was ready a year ago, uh, and your zeal have provoked very many. Paul said, look, I'm telling folk what you uh, have been excited about uh, uh, in doing in mission work. Uh, he said, I'm telling folk this, and it's excited them because you're excited about serving. You ever got around folk uh, and they're excited about serving the Lord and what they're doing, and all of a sudden it rubs off on you. I like it when that stuff happens. It helps me out. You're getting around folk. They're excited about what God's doing in their life, and the next thing you know, they've convinced you about some things, uh, uh, and you get excited about what God's doing in your life. I like it when it's like that. Folk that has some zeal 
about them, some enthusiasm. Boy, I tell you, serving the Lord without enthusiasm, that's just horrible tonight. It becomes, you remember uh, in, in the book of the Revelation, take your Bible and go there, uh, in, in the book of the Revelation, chapter 2. Re- Revelation chapter 2, I want, I want to show you something. And this might help you tonight. Revelation chapter 2. And he's talking to the church at Ephesus. And well, let's just begin to read verse 1. And the angel of the church of, the, uh, of Ephesus write, uh, These things saith he that holdeth seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience. And for my name's sake hast labored, and hast not found. Seems like they've been doing pretty good, don't they? I mean, man, they've been working, they've been trying folk, they've been marking folk that, that are contrary to the doctrine. And I, I, I mean, they're doing everything they can. But notice what he said in verse 4, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Well, they forgot why they were doing what they were doing. They were serving more. Listen to me now tonight. They were, you'll miss it. They were serving more out of duty than they were out of desire. I'm, I'm determined that uh, sometimes we get that way in our life that we serve more out of duty than we do out of desire to the Savior. Uh, and that's a miserable place to be. You know, why are you out? Serving more out of duty than out of desire. Don't you desire to serve Him tonight? The one that, the one that saved you, the one that keeps you, the one that's blessed you, I, I, the one that took care of you, the one that gave you a home in heaven, saved you from hell, I, I, and gave you a wonderful place to go one day after a while. We ought to have some enthusiasm. We ought to have some zeal, some drive in what we're going to do for him. Colossians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul said to Papyrus, Who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete all in all the will of God. For I bear him record that he hath a great zeal for you, and them that are in Laodicea and in Hyapolis. Uh, he said, look, he has such a zeal for you. He prays for you all the time. He cares for you. His zeal, his drive, his, uh, his, his motivation. He's got some enthusiasm for you. How much zeal and enthusiasm do we have in our service for the Lord? You know, the Bible warns us in Galatians 6 and 9, let's not be weary in well doing for due season we shall reap if we faint not. Sometimes our enthusiasm wanes in our service to the Lord. It becomes weariness instead of zeal. Can I, can I tell you when, when you when you do something over you know what you know what the definition of insanity is to do something over and over and over again the same way and expect a different result. Do you know in our Christian life that's actually what we do? We do the same thing over and over and over again. But we expect the Lord to move. Now I'm going to deal with that here in a minute. But we really do that. I preach every Sunday in and Sunday out. We go out and we talk to the same people most of the time. And if you're trying to win sinners, you go to them and you tell them that the Lord loves them and that he died for them and that if they'll trust in the gospel, he'll save them. And, and every time up until now that you've gave them the gospel, they have rejected it and turned it away. But yet we still give them the gospel and hope for a different reaction this time. Some people would think that's crazy. No, that's keeping our zeal and our enthusiasm in going out and telling others about Christ. 
But then you run into those folk that are just on top of the world all the time. And they talk about, boy, God's going to do this and God's going to do that. Now, you've got to be very careful with that. Because there comes a time you've got to get into reality about some things. It may not be God's will that whatever you're wanting to happen is going to happen. Uh, I was having my teeth worked on one time and uh, the, the nurse that was... Uh, working on me there, the dental assistant, and she's saying, well, we'll speak it, and it'll be so, and I'm sitting there in the chair, and I'm thinking, no, just because you speak it, don't make it so. It don't. Now, we, we got too much Pentecostal there going on. Uh, listen, I, 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 mean, I mean to believe that. I mean, just because I say it, does not make it so. Book of James, te- Book of James tells us over there uh, that we ought to say if it's the Lord's will. I believe in having faith as much as anybody else does. Y'all with me tonight? I mean, I don't want to say God won't do it. God's able to do whatever He wants to. Ephesians 3 and 20. Uh, he can do exceeding abundantly of what we ask or think. I get that tonight. I understand. He's a great God tonight. I've seen Him move more than you could ever imagine that I've seen Him move. Amen. Got some help down here. But just because we speak it and just because we want it to happen does not mean it's going to happen. And there comes a place, it don't matter how enthusiastic you get about God moving, there comes a time you've got to get into some reality about some things. Job 14.1 said, Man that is born a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Well, that's awful enthusiastic, ain't it? Well, what about when he talks about over in 1 Peter 5 and 8 uh, where he says, Be sober, be visit, because your adversary the devil is roaring out. What about seeking whom he may devour? Luke chapter 22, how the Lord Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan had desired to have you that he may sift you his wheat. He said, well, Preacher, if you just believe that all the time, you'll never want to do anything. You've got to be balanced. You've got to understand we're fighting a battle, but we have to be enthusiastic and fight the battle at the same time. It's called being balanced about things. What happens to these people that are living in the clouds all the time when the rug gets jerked out from under them and they hit the floor, what's going to happen then? Ephesians chapter 6, he said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We have to battle. That is the reality tonight. But in our battle, we must have zeal and enthusiasm to go out. How's that work? I think 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul, he got the answer to all that where God said, my grace is sufficient for thee. His grace allows us to live a balanced life between enthusiasm and reality. You've got to live in this world. This world is wicked. But boy, we can sure go out there and tell them about the Lord. We've got to be balanced, number three, between grace and knowledge. Second Peter chapter 3, he said, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. I've preached on that separate before. If you just grow in grace without knowledge, you'll have liberalism. If you just grow in knowledge without grace, you'll have legalism. You've got to have both of them. You know, the Pharisees, all they had was knowledge and they lacked grace. And if all you got is grace, then all you're ever going to do is just look over everything and go on with it. 
Now I'm glad that I have experienced the grace of God and still experiencing the grace of God in my life. I, 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 but I'm still having to go. I mean, when I got saved, I experienced the grace of God. I, I, I mean, it's His grace. You know, when I talk about 2 Corinthians 12, uh, for my grace is sufficient for thee. Listen, it helps us through this life. And we grow in it. And we try to understand it and, and get wisdom from the Lord to help us understand His grace. But when we have grace with folk, and by the way, you need to learn to have grace with folk. You say, well, they don't deserve it. That's what grace is all about. You know, the Bible talks about how the, you know, talks about charity covereth a multitude of sins, you know. Love in action. You know, it just, it just covers a whole multitude of sins. Over it it ha- got grace that, that you have. As you grow in it, it helps you just... Just to forgive, as the preacher was talking about this morning, as Brother Cronin was here is, uh, preaching to us this morning, he, uh, he, he talked about that root of bitterness that springs up in the book of Hebrews, and, uh, and, and it wants you to forgive anybody. But if all you do is grow in grace, and you just have grace and no knowledge at all, then you're just going to let just about everything go. And so he said that's why to grow in grace and knowledge we're instructed out of His words. And with that knowledge tonight, it helps us to understand how to use that grace that He's given us. And that is apparent in our life that we're to show others. But if all you have is knowledge, if all you have is this book with no grace of how to apply it, then you're really no better than the Pharisee was. Uh, go, is it Matthew 23? Go to Matthew 23 with me. And I mean, the Lord is just, man, He's, he's wearing them out over here, and rightfully so. One you scribe and Pharisee, hypocrite. I mean, He's just, uh, as the old timers would say, He was a shell in the corn. I mean, that's just it. He's wearing it out. But I want you to look with me right here in verse 23, chapter 23 of the book of Matthew, in chapter 20, uh, verse 23, as He is, I mean, He is telling them everything that they've done wrong and what they need to do. But in verse 23, he said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought you to have done and ought to leave the other undone. He said, Look, you have paid what you're supposed to pay. He said, You have gave the tithe of the mint and the anise and the cumin. And by the way, he told them down here in the very last part, You should have done that. But he said, you have omitted the weightier matters of the law, which was judgment, mercy, and faith. They they knew how to, they knew, they knew how to give as they were supposed to give. But they didn't know how to do that judgment, mercy, and have faith. All of it, all of it goes together. You have to have a balance between the grace of God in your life and the knowledge of God in your life. It's got to balance out. Or you know what's going to happen? You're going to be messed up. And it's took me forever to figure some of that stuff out. And I'm still trying to figure some of it out. Number four, we need to have a good balance. But then let me say this. Then, then we all need Jesus and none of the world. When the Christian is trying to balance Jesus and the world, you're going to mess up. It's all Him 
and nothing else. The book of Matthew chapter 6 said, No man can serve two masters. For he'll either hate one and love the other, or else he'll uh, hold the one and, and despise the other. You cannot serve God and manner. You can't do it both. You can't try to balance out between the Lord Jesus Christ and this world. You're either going to be sold out to him or you're going to be sold out to the world. You can't do both. I remember listening one time, the preacher said, one time he said, you get on the fence and trying to do both of them and you're getting shot at from both sides. You just can't do it. He said in 1 John 2, he said, Love not the world, neither the things that are of the world. Uh, if any man love the world, love the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. You know what I'm preaching on right there? Separation. Me and you are to be separated out of that world. We've got to live in it, and we've got to sojourn through it, but we're certainly not to be like it. We're not to take part in it. We're not to have anything to do with it. We're to be separated as God's people. You say, well, I can go mess around in it a little bit and, and, and do this and do that. And I heard, I heard a preacher say this the other day, you're going to jump in a septic tank over a dollar bill? I told my wife the other day, I ain't jumping in a septic tank over a hundred dollar bill. And that's what some people are wanting to do. Whether it's in the music or whether it's the places they go, uh, they're, 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 they're going to get, it's just going to mess them up. You're going to be so far out of balance. Romans 12, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, this thing, your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Present your body. Don't be conformed to the world, but be ye transformed. You cannot be a balanced Christian and trying to fool in this world out here. You can't do it. Look like them, smell like them, go to the same places that you can't do it tonight. You know, that's, that's where we've got problems today is Christians, so-called Christians, they're, they're trying to look more and more like the world. I'm trying to get further and further away from that thing. Because I'm going to tell you, the world don't need what they've got. They need the Lord Jesus Christ and somebody to present it to them. And if you look like them and act like them, they ain't going to want what you got. They're looking for something different tonight. I want to be different in this world. Are you balanced tonight? Are you balanced in your Christian life? Let's bow our heads tonight, if you would. He said, just wait in the balance of the Lord's. How balanced are we tonight? Get a little music back there, Jacob, if you would. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet with your head bowed tonight. We won't have no singing tonight. We'll have a little music. But if, if you need to come and pray, if you need some direction in your balance tonight for the Lord, we, we ain't going to be able to serve like we should when, when we're out of balance. We're not going to be able to do like we should for Him. And I know sometimes that stuff's tough to get some of it figured out. Let me ask you now, how, how is your service for the Lord? If you need to come and pray tonight, if you need to come and pray, I want you to come. If God needs to do something in your heart, if He's trying to do something, would you come tonight?